0: you. <smart noise> hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout women's lives. So Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CHAT at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code CHAT for 15% off today. Therapy Chat Podcast, episode 288. Hi, welcome back to therapy chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. And today I'm talking with Dr. Rosie Kuhn. Dr. Rosie Kuhn is the principal of the Paradigm Shifts Coaching Group, a boutique coaching firm which focuses on personal and spiritual development in oneself, in relationships, and in the workplace. She's the author of 13 books, including Self-Empowerment 101 and I've Arrived, well, sort of, which she talks about in our in our conversation. Rosie has been training individuals to become transformational coaches since 2001, and she's the host of Spiritual Immersion Podcast and Aging Like a Guru Podcast. And She can also be found on YouTube. We had a fascinating conversation about the connection between trauma recovery from substance abuse and other addictions and spirituality and how that connects with her work in transpersonal coaching. So I thought it was a very interesting conversation and I hope you'll enjoy it too. Let's dive right in. Thank you to Sunset Lake CBD for sponsoring this week's episode. Use promo code CHAT for 20% off your entire order at sunsetlakecbd.com. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned small business that shifts craft CBD products directly from their farm outside of Burlington, Vermont to your door. Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. They offer tinctures, edibles, salves, and coffee designed to help with sleep, stress, and sore muscles. Sunset Lake CBD customers support regenerative agriculture that preserves the health of the land and creates meaningful employment in the community. Farm workers are paid a living wage and employees own the majority of the company. Remember, use promo code CHAT to get 20% off your entire order at sunsetlakecbd.com. Therapists. Do you feel stuck when working with clients who are numb and disconnected, who have trouble accessing emotion and exploring their inner experience? Learn a comprehensive approach to conceptualize your client's concerns. Sensory motor psychotherapy uniquely includes the body in therapy as both a source of information and a target for intervention because words are not enough. Go beyond theories and gain practical ways to open a new dimension for effective therapy. Visit Sensory Motor Psychotherapy Institute online at sensorymotor.org today. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today I'm very excited to be talking with Dr. Rosie Kuhn. Rosie, thank you so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. I'm really excited to be here, Laura.
0: I am so excited too, and let's let's dive right in after you just taking a moment to tell our audience a little more about who you are and what you do. Okay,
1: and why they should listen to me and you today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why listen to this person? So I trained to be a marriage and family therapist in the eighties. So 30 some years ago. And so my, and my focus and my uh, uh, became recovery only because it was the only job I could get. Uh, I, my training was uh, in marriage and family therapy. I moved, I was living in Canada and they didn't have any licensures or anything like that. And I moved to Nova Scotia where they didn't even know at that point what a marriage and family therapist was. So I had no credibility. Mm. And so uh, when I was living, looking for a job, the only job that they hired me for is to be a clinical therapist, or at that time it was called the Nova Scotia Commission on Drug Dependency. So I am, was immersed, even though I did a tiny bit of training in recovery as part of marriage and family therapy, I, the immersion process of working in the field of addiction was where I really got so much training from my clients, people who were um, addicts and alcoholics, substance abuse in terms of food, and all of those, as well as as family members of alcoholics and addicts and codependency and Al-Anon so i was immersed in this in this field, in this way of being in the world, because in Nova Scotia, there was a very large population of addiction, people who were addicted, just because of the nature of the lifestyle, that kind of thing. So I learned a great deal from my clients. And it was the best thing ever, because for me, therapy, the therapeutic model limits the capacity for which we bring in as therapists, a spiritual, the spiritual elements of life, and the metaphysical, like who we are beyond our physical being. So for me, I was my, my training as a therapist, was limited but my training as a, a person working in recovery became so much more expansive so i did that for eight years i was in nova scotia for 10 years took a two-year sabbatical went sailing across the atlantic ocean you know, all kinds of stuff in terms of two years of being living on a boat and came back and then you know, dropped into the united states and it's like okay i need to find another what's next and uh, so this is a longer story in terms of introduction of what what i'm about but in that i realized i couldn't go i i if i got a phd I couldn't do it in clinical psychology because it was so void of humanness for mm-hmm. me and so void of spiritual anything. That was my perspective. So I found a school in California called the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology, now called Sophia University. And I was at ITP in 1994 is when I, 95 is when I entered. And I focused on spiritual guidance. So here's the therapist who's now expanding and looking at spiritual, you know, how do you talk to people about spirituality because that's that was the element of the recovery program that was so important to these people was realizing that in my human capacity i'm powerless over this addiction so where do we go how do we and so it hope it it was such a huge element for me personally to go yeah i've been limiting myself from my own spiritual development so that that doorway of recovery brought me to my own realization of the importance of spirituality in my life and then the school the institute of transpersonal psychology kept growing and expanding that capacity and also giving me a professional orientation in terms of spiritual guidance. And then I was introduced to to coaching from a fellow that that provided it in such a way, his name was Hans. is Hans Phillips, he's in Santa Cruz, that really integrated what I had learned as a therapist and the therapy is in terms of marriage and family therapy and a spiritual component of that, then the recovery piece, then the spiritual guidance piece, and now coaching, which is a, a set of skills and tools, I think every single person on the planet should have especially therapists and coaches it's a set of skills and tools that you put in your toolbox that says hey we're going from here forward what is it you want what's your destination what do you want what does that feel like for you to have what you want like the excitement and the anticipation of going from here forward being in the moment forward utilizing the past only as a reference how did that happen what did it happen what what was that what you know what's the source of this agony or this suffering right here so i learned how to utilize those skills and tools to really empower people to go forward. And it was so natural to me that I was able to, with Hans, we created this coaching training program at the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. And then I began uh, training people to be transformational coaches. So I did that at the Institute for 10 years now, again, Sophia University. And then I basically have taken that offline and in a sense that I do my trainings one-on-one, transformational coaching one-on-one, because it's more powerful for me. And I'm working with people where they they're at in terms of their own professional development. So that's that's me in a nutshell. So what I am is a transformational life Coach and trainer, speaker. Uh, I've written 13 books. Uh, the first one was which is focuses really on um, development as a coach, but also as a human being. That one's called Self Empowerment 101. And the most recent book is more spiritually related, Lots in Between, uh, which is called I've Arrived. And it's has to do with you know, where we are on our spiritual development. And I go, oh my God, for me, it's like there's moments where I go, oh my God, I've arrived. I'm here. And then it's like, oh yeah, no, not really. Right. So it's called I've Arrived well, sort of. <laughs> so everything in between from business coaching and parenting like a guru, aging like a guru, lots of books. So all of that is what I do. And I live on Orcas Island mm. in the Pacific Northwest.
0: Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I'm, I'm really curious, uh, first of all, definitely want to get both of the books that you just mentioned. And I, and I like that idea that like, I mean, I don't think that there ever is an end to the journey of personal growth. And you know this is my opinion you may not agree but you know it's is there ever an end you know to like enlightenment or you know cuz it's it's an ongoing process it seems What's that? But I'm also curious, too, for you to really talk about just a little more about what you mean about spirituality, because I think people have some assumptions about what that means. And I'd love to know what it means to you and how you use it in your work.
1: Um, That's a great question. And it's an evolving answer. Um, But again, coming back to the 12-step program, or at this point, it was Alcoholics Anonymous that started the whole recovery process and the process of including spirituality in, in reality in the 3D reality if you will because most of us go it's only me it's only this and when we come up against hard things like addictions or loss or violations traumas we go this is all there is and we get stuck and it, it becomes very very difficult because we have no way out and we we freeze in a sense we get all frozen in that and that's part of the trauma element is the in the ptsd elements of that is we get stuck in that dilemma and so anything that comes up it's triggers it. We go, Oh, I'm stuck. I'm lost. I'm all alone. Mm-hmm. So when we begin to to look at that, perhaps there's something outside myself, something greater than me that can restore me to sanity. This is part of the 12 steps. Then I can go, okay, I'm not alone. I might be powerless over this trauma or over this addiction, whatever it is. I might be powerless over this moment. We're all, we all experience that with COVID, right? We all go, Oh my God, mm-hmm. I am powerless over this. And so some of us shrink and go to bed and stay there and you know and some of us go oh that's right there's something bigger than me greater at play here beyond government beyond health beyond and so when we re- can reach beyond ourselves and say I, I I believe or I need to believe that there's something beyond myself that can restore me then I can go okay I'm gonna turn this over mm. and and that's all very scary because it's like wait I turned myself over and that's how I got raped or that's how I got violated when I turn myself over and we all have a relationship with God where we felt violated so there's all these dilemmas that show up in that process and it did for me certainly i had totally this this religion and spirituality. like forget that stuff that's that's not helpful and it's like i don't have a choice where i was in my time even as the therapist it's like i was pretty excuse the expression fucked up and going i need some i need to do something different because this is causing me too much suffering and that's when i went okay i got to reach for something outside myself and began to work the steps that i was that my clients in a we're doing my my clients who are recovering from their addictions are like wow they're using these things and it's working for them maybe I should kind of look at that so I was a, a I grew up in a, an, an alcoholic family so I you know I'm an adult child of alcoholism and I'm also codependent you know, learned those skills really well so being able to look at those that that's really important so that was sort of that's like how do we begin to create that relationship with something outside ourselves that we can't see but then to be able to go. Okay, okay, great. And not great, but it's like, okay, now people say that that's sacred or that's spiritual. Like what makes it spiritual? It's that place of going, okay, I'm a divine, I'm an aspect of the divine. You know, am I, am I, am I just a, a human being, physical, tangible, or is there something greater? And when we begin to go, oh, I have this witness that can tell me sometimes what I'm doing. It can see me do things. Cause I refer to it. It's like, I saw myself, you know, eating three hot dogs when I, you know, it's like, I saw myself like, wow, I, I saw myself so we start to notice that there's this part outside ourselves and then it's like well is that part what is that part we get curious about that so we begin to develop this relationship and then at some point along the way we go wow this is not just pretend like this is real and then like we begin to have a conversation or we get begin to have experiences with something that feels divine or sacred and some of this is just hearsay right we say oh they had that experience or here's what spiritual scriptures say or here's what spiritual But at some point we go, okay, this is not something that I'm making up. And we begin to know ourselves as an aspect of the divine. And so we begin to cultivate that relationship with the divineness of our universe. We begin to cultivate that divineness in each other so that I see you as an aspect of the divine. It's not just like me, I'm divine and you're not, but we all have that We all have that ability to increase our vibrational and our sense of self and wholeness. And and that includes the world. That includes every being on the planet, that we're all aspects of this divine universe. But sometimes it takes, in most of us, it takes a long time for us to build that that experience that says that's true. The rest of us have to live in faith, right?
0: Mm, Yeah. Well, I think that's a real tricky one. It is. The faith idea.
1: Yeah. Because that's the, you know, when people are wanting what they want, we want, we want Recovery from trauma. We want our life. We want to reclaim our life from the past. We want to live in wholeness and well-being. I do a YouTube live every Thursday at three thirty Pacific Standard Time, and it's the the channel is called uh, well, it's my channel, Dr. Rosie Kuhn, but um, Spiritual Dilemmas, or I think it's Spirituality for Beginners. There's a couple of them there. But I just talked about that. It's so difficult to to cultivate that relationship with faith because, mm-hmm. it, but that's what we have to do. Is we're we we want to go. Forward Forward. That's what I say. We want to go forward with our life. We want to reclaim ourselves. We want to know ourselves in full being and well-being. That's what I was saying, because that's what I did the video on yesterday, is whole being and well-being and illness as a, as a spiritual path. But we're all trying, we all want, we all want full being and well-being. And in order to do that, we have to let go of our history in essence. We have to let go of the data of this happened to me, it will happen again. That's a program. And as we program that in, then we anticipate it happening appear in in the future and as we ha- if we anticipate it in the future now we're anxious because we're always anticipating that trauma to reappear or that it, it kind of in- incident that will be like the past so in that moment then we go okay i got to stop living as if the past will be the future and i mean how many self help Gurus are out there saying the same thing, so I'm not like, oh my God, this is Dr. Rosie saying this. Like, we, we have to stop stop um, patterning ourselves. And this is this is a very big addiction for me. More important than the addiction, the substance abuse elements. Substance abuse elements, the substance abuses are generally to cover up a lot of our emotional and mental addictions. Our addiction to worry, our addiction to angst, our addiction to anxiety, our addiction to remembering the trauma. You know, there's the there's an addiction to that. pattern patterning of thinking. And we have to, we, we can get aware of that. And as we get aware of it, we go, wow, I keep doing that to myself. We've talked about re-traumatizing ourselves. We mm-hmm. do that. And it's addiction because it's addictive in a sense that there's a hormonal thing that happens that we, when we have the thought, it triggers a hormonal dump of cortisol and adrenaline and those kinds of things, which is a normal patterning for a lot of people. Here's my level of normal. I, growing up in my dysfunctional family, let's say my level of normal was 85% Percent cortisol, adrenaline. So I that's normal. So I want to keep tri- creating that because that's what's normal for me to feel peace and and relaxed. It was like, whoa, that's uncomfortable. I got to create that trauma. I got it, and I kept re traumatizing, create all kinds of trauma because that was normal. So when I got to the point where I could go, okay, we don't have to do that anymore. And every single one of us can stop doing it. It just takes incremental practices and noticing. Um, but we we all have the capacity to grow ourselves and expand our capacities to be wholeness and and, uh, be well-being. That's my perspective.
0: Yeah.
1: Lifetime, you know, somebody said that to me today is like, can we do this all in one lifetime? It's like, no, I can't make those promises, but I've brought myself this far, whatever that means, you know, who knows how far that is, but from a very dysfunctional, you know, just a normal dysfunctional person, you know, that became a therapist (laughs) and, you know, learned what I learned, but grew mostly because of my own survival and my need to stop suffering like I'm not, I, I got to stop being committed to suffering, and then at that would help me move to the next level, and the next level,
0: and the next. That's level. yeah. I mean, when you say being committed to suffering and addicted to worrying, and you know, you said you have to notice. I think the probably the what feels to me like the biggest challenge or the longest part of the process of. Healing and you know, the journey of personal growth is noticing the patterns that's right, because we just are automatically doing what we always do, and we don't know that we're doing something we think we're just living. (laughs)
1: That's right, that's right. And, um, and we think it's normal, you know, we live in normal versus we say, Oh, I want well being and I'll have it eventually, right? We won't have it if we don't start practicing cultivating awareness. One of my, um, one of my trainees used that term, and it was just just like the angel started singing when she said that cultivating awareness because we can't change what we don't know and we can't know what we can't be aware of we have to we have to train ourselves and this is a big part of the um i've arrived book well you know i've arrived well sort of in a sense that constantly talking about the tr- we have to train ourselves we think it's going to be uh, you i'll read a book and it's like oh my god now i know it Right, and it's like the knowing and the mental part is, is a small degree to in comparison with the experience of knowing it. And we have to train ourselves to in the we have to train ourselves, which is an experience in itself, to say I am training myself too, and then um, to actually do that, and then utilize the intelligence that comes out of looking and seeing and noticing. And um, and to me, I love that stuff to cultivate more intelligence. Of, I mean, because the intelligence is a hundred percent in every single one of us. It's a, we. Have we are a hundred percent potentiality because we're part of the universal source of all that is. Uh, but we go, oh no, I'm just a human being. And I'm, oh no, I'm not because my mother um, abandoned me and my father raped me. And oh no, I'm not because my boyfriend is um, alcoholic and you know the rest of it. Oh no, oh no, oh no. And it's like, we start, we, we, we go, okay, wait, 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 wait. That's the part of coaching that I really like is I, I act as a thinking partner for people to go, wait, 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 just notice what you just did. You went from, yes, I know I'm 100% potential potentiality to yes, but my mother, my father, my boyfriend, my children, my money, my boss, my, and now you're this little shrinky guy. And it's like, did you see how you did that? oh, I see how I did that. Like, wow, I did that, right? And when we can own it, I did that. Now we begin to create not only responsibility, I did it, but I also can take responsibility for shifting and changing it because I can't. But, and, and most therapists for me don't empower, we don't empower our client. We don't see our clients as already knowing. It's one of the things that I think I'm really, really good at in training people as coaches as well is train yourself to see your clients as. Already knowing mm. and that they're acting based on interpretations on what they've been cultivated to believe and see. They've they're trained to think this way and know this thing. And now we're just asking them, how did you know that? How did you do that? How did you come to think that? And ask those questions in such a way that it empowers the clients to come up with their own answers rather than saying they need fixing and healing and and gentle, gentle care. They need direct conversation, like you know how to do this. I had a client uh, yesterday and um, a new client. And she is talking about her relationship with her husband and how, in a sense, she's so disempowered in that relationship. And, uh, and I said, so where in your life are you empowered? And she said, well, over here with my daughter. And she gave me 14 different ways of things about her daughter and how she acts in highly functioning, empowered, clear, confident, boundary setting, all of it very healthy so here she goes oh I'm disempowered over here she's very empowered like what wait and I say you already know how to do this but here's this one guy out of eight billion and he's the guy that disempowers you right it's like isn't that fascinating and so I left her with you know because we kind of were running out of time and and I said I left her with those that here's what she does here's how she knows how she is here's this body of evidence of her empoweredness and so what we're doing I believe is as uh, supports thinking partners and therapists and all is to and to see the empowered elements of our clients and their capacity to know themselves in health and well-being. And and it, and they can go, yes, but he's, it's like, wait, you just did that. Did you just see what you just did? And she goes, kind of, she's not there yet, but we're giving, my my perspective is that we're empowering our clients. We see them already empowered. This is the piece of the the spiritual guidance element that I got, that a lot of therapies see people as dysfunctional and we have to give them a diagnosis. So dysfunctional and diagnostic. Diagnosed in their prognosis is minimal, as opposed to, no, this person is 100% potentiality, this person is 100% whole. And I talk to them like that, as opposed to their dysfunction. I don't talk to their dysfunctional self, I talk to their whole self that can answer my questions, generally speaking, okay. So that's really important to me to know my client is whole, and that what they're doing, what each of us is doing is doing our best to survive, but then to go, wait a second, I don't have to survive anymore, because I'm surviving, I want to and how do we take that to the next level how do we incrementally grow that capacity to see ourselves as in wholeness versus broken like yes i am this but i'm broken because of my family fun- dysfunctioning i'm broken because of my work environment i'm broken because and we can just name 1400 different things that keep us broke and we can change that by saying okay i, I want to see this differently i'm going to start noticing when i see myself as broke.
0: Hey everybody, I wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about my experience with Sunset Lake CBD. I first tried CBD when my integrative doctor recommended it for chronic neck pain and tension that tends to wake me up at night. I really like Sunset Lake CBD's products. The full-spectrum CBD tincture is mild-tasting compared to others I've tried, and I find it works quickly. It doesn't feel sedating, but it does have a pleasant calming effect. And I also like the CBD gummies. They taste good, and they work well. So if you're looking for a craft CBD product that comes directly from a farm outside Burlington, Vermont, that's a producer for Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you're going to want to check out Sunset Lake CBD. And remember, Therapy Chat listeners get 20% off using the promo code chat. So go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the promo code chat. That's yeah that seems really valuable. I mean, even that point that you're making right now is like noticing when we see ourselves in the limited way versus the expansive way.
1: That's right. I had another client today, and she's been somebody that I love and I've trained, she trained with me and all of those, and we, she continues to work with me. And, um, and so a lot of times I'll say, okay, so a lot of us in this human planet are like in second grade, we'll just use, I could say seventh grade, but we're in second grade and people go, I want to be, um, I want to have a great life and I want to, have everything, and and I want to have a great relationship. And you can hear my whiny voice in that. And it's like, okay, so you're in second grade right now, and you want to be in eleventh grade. What needs to shift so that you can actually take yourself from second grade to third grade? Because you have to go through these steps. <laughs> and this one client goes, I don't want to do the work. Why do I have to do it? Why do I have to do it? Don't you know all the work that I've done? And I go, Yeah, I know how much work you are. You've done, and you're in second grade don't say that because I want to be in 11th grade. It's like, I get it because can, can we say seventh grade or like she feels like she's I, I think I'm more of a pre-adolescent okay seventh grade you're in seventh grade but you can hear the you know it's like oh don't so I say okay you're in seventh grade and you still want to be in 11th what do you need to shift and we just laugh because it's so absurd to go I you know just magically make it happen because we think it should be that way and we all feel entitled to not have to do the work why does it have to be so hard is what so many of us say you say it's hard it's hard it's just because we don't have our paradigm of reality our context of reality has it supposed to be easy very true and if it's not easy there must be and she always says to me there's something wrong with me and i that's like there's nothing wrong with you you're resistant to doing the work it's not that you're there's something wrong it's just it's a pattern that has been trained into us it's going to be uncomfortable i know that's scary i don't like uncomfortableness okay are you uncomfortable in your suffering and your struggle and your trauma and Your addictions? Yes. Okay.
0: But it's familiar.
1: It's familiar. And is this what you want for the rest of your life? Hell no. Okay. You're a choice. You can choose this level of of struggle and challenge and suffering. It's it's chronic and it will always be there. Or you can change and choose something else. It's not like a leap of faith where you have to start being something else. You're taking incremental steps to notice and watch yourself and go, wow, I just did that. It's something what we're doing. Either we shift into, you know, again, the, 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 client that's like here I am the empowered mother and person and my husband comes home and I shift to this disempowered, pathetic something, she can now see herself like, wow, I just did that. So when we begin to see it, we just notice it. It's like, wow, that's really interesting. And we might have to watch that and see it 4,900 times before we go, I don't want to do that. Anymore. It's all a matter of choice. We're free will. So it's not as if we have to do something and it's not like you have to jump into or take a leap of faith. It's one moment at a time, one incremental noticing at a time. And it seems like, that's sucks right it sucks and now i gotta do that for the rest of my life that's what she says like i gotta do that the one that i said today is like oh i don't want to do this work you mean i have to do this for the rest of my life it's like yeah and it gets better and better and better my life just keeps getting better and better and better which is a constant surprise like wow i didn't think it could get so good wow i didn't think it could get so good and it's this quality of being and less suffering and choosing to less suffer giving myself choices to say no i don't want to do that anymore yeah but everybody else is doing it. it's Like let them do it. I don't want to do it. And we're in that place of individuating and, and becoming our own sovereign being, where we're really, truly. When when we're we're all sovereign all the time. We just give our power away mm-hmm. to our addiction or to our worry or to our fear, or to our trauma. We give our power away, and it all of this is is reclaiming that power little by little by little. You know, we have a, a vibrational system. We have a cellular memory that um, holds all of this trauma from not only this lifetime but past lives holds the the trauma of our ancestors you know this is now science that that even before we we're born we still carry the trauma of our ancestors yes so you don't you're not responsible for that i mean we think we're responsible sometimes for the trauma but we carry this trauma in our cells. and so we can't just detox our system with a vacuum cleaner <laughs> sucking it all out, and then it's done, we have to choose to participate in the revelation, the revealing and the reclaiming of who we are. And, And that to me touches my soul, right? Because it's a revealing and a a reclamation of who we are in our fullest potential, in our fullest essential nature so that we can be that expression as opposed to being the expression of the history, being the expression of the trauma, being the expression of the survival strategies so that we don't feel the trauma. And so, you know, I, I can talk about this all very the way I do, but it's incremental. And I've gone through this myself, incremental changes that bring about at each time this level of owning of myself and a, a, a much more a place of acknowledging and respecting and honoring myself as opposed to being in a state of self-deprecation and self-hate all the time all the time that was sort of that was my reality self-hate and self-deprecation like okay we can do something different it's scary and just take one little tiny piece at a time
0: yeah it's so i mean i'm just resonating with so much of what you're saying that so many pieces of what you said just have really are very thought provoking for me and also i'm feeling a lot one of the things is when you use the example of the client who can be empowered and confident and clear and set boundaries with her daughter, and then feels disempowered and acts and behaves in a disempowered way within her relationship with her husband, I can notice where I am not showing up the way I want to. And I know the ways that I do, but it's hard for me to feel the embodiment of the ways that I do. It's much easier to feel the embodiment of the ways that I like disappoint myself or don't meet my own expectations or whatever, or, uh, or I think other people's, but I don't really think it's really theirs. It's more my own
1: that's right and this is where the training comes in in a sense we've trained ourselves to, to be dismissive to ourselves and disrespectful and dis, um, disown yeah dissociate all of that yeah. and, and to um, and all the disorders. right and um and and we're we're trained to do that because again there's that level of comfort it's it's we can use it's a habit or it's a addiction to do that it's automatic because it creates that hormonal thing of depression we'll say a depressed sense or pressed self and so we have to train ourselves to go, okay, stop. But I, and I've had to do this, you know, and judgment is a really good uh, indicator of whether I'm in my uh, uh, in a sense aligned with my essential self and happy and in love, uh, or I'm in something else. So I'm driving down the street and I see somebody with stupid shoes and I go, oh man, she's got stupid shoes on. <laughs> it's a judgment, right? Yeah. And stuff. But I do it all the time with myself. So if we can become aware, train ourselves to notice that if I'm not in my aligned self, I'm not, I'm not in my happy place, if you will, then I'm in something else. That's most likely fear-based. I can start to notice that and go, oh I'm not in I'm not in that. But most of us spend 98% of our time in this not happy place. So we think it's normal. We don't even know, right? We don't even know. It's called denial. Don't even know I'm lying. So we have to train ourselves to become more vigilant, to go, that's not what I want to think. That's not who I want to see myself as. That's not how I want to treat myself. Stop, like just stop that. And the word stop for me is helps me become aware of that. And then begin to, I can't even do anything different. You know, I, I watched myself, like I said, that with the judgments for a very long time before I could stop that. And then I, I, I went to blessing them, like bless them because they had stupid shoes on. to go, wait a second, they don't have a problem with their stupid shoes. I have the problem. I'm the one that needs the blessings. I'm the one that needs to look at poor the poor me that keeps self-deprecating or keeps doing what I'm doing that keeps me from being in alignment with my essential nature of fun and playful and connected engaged and expressive I'm the one that needs that you know that blessing so I started when I see somebody and I judge and I go bless me bless me bless me just as a way of indicating this is something where I'm wounded my judgments come from my wounding my self-deprecation comes from my wounding I need to attend to the wounding mm-hmm. In, with compassion now because you, you can see where because because we're on video at the same time you can see my heart my hands over it's compassion for that part of myself rather than saying there's something wrong with me there's something wrong with me there's something wrong with and I hate myself I can't tell you the number of times I would say I hate myself because I'm me and another client said "Um, I don't want to be me because I don't know how to do me I don't know how to do me if I was her I would know how to do me but I don't because I'm me and I hate that right and it's like nobody knows how to do them in that way and so when we become more aware of that conscious of that then we can now go wait a second yeah, nobody knows how to do me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to do me. And um, and that's the part that is so scary for us. That's the in the moment thing. Like even every day of my life, I don't have a sense of trajectory. I'm 69 years old. I don't have pensions. I don't have a 401k. I don't have any of that stuff. And so I, I'm living in the now, right? And the un- and, and I could live in the uncertainty, but it's no longer uncertain, if you know what I'm saying, as a fear. Because
0: you're not thinking about what's next you're in now
1: i'm in the now so it's like i see oh we have an interview today i'm here i'm now and um and so that keeps me present to um how do i do me now and i'm i've got the evidence that like doing these interviews i do me pretty good in these interviews you know um and i'm still working it out in terms of other parts of my life and as we grow and as we age and i talk about this in aging like a guru in the book and i also have a podcast called aging like a guru and i have a podcast called spiritual immersion taking the plunge which is this place of integrating our human and our spiritual dilemmas. But um, I don't know who I am today because I'm, I'm not who I was yesterday, right? This is a new being with new potentialities and the day is different and talking to you is new, you know? So we, we, we assume, or we make up the, the, the we make it up that we have certainty, but the fact is we don't. And so I'm much more comfortable in that uncertainty. I'm not so in the trauma of what might happen anymore. I don't, and, Anticipate the trauma. And that was my doing. That's what I did. And that's what most people do. And the fact is, is that all of us live with PTSD, our birth process was traumatic. And whatever trauma came through us in past lives or ancestral, we all live in trauma. And we're all just strategizing to function. Mm. But if we can begin to go, okay, that trauma is from the past. And theoretically, and for some realistically, we don't have to carry that trauma. And we can begin to Let go of that. Then we incrementally begin to disconnect, and I'm sure that's part of the work that you do with people is help them disconnect from their identity with their trauma, so that their identity becomes their essential nature. You know, me as this person, but I'm my my identity is more with I'm playful, and I have this wisdom, and I have this connection to people and engagement. Like that's who I am, not this person that grew up in this family with these identifiers. We start to disconnect from those identifiers and create new identifiers which is really really fun when you get there
0: (laughs) yeah but it's
1: also a dilemma because it's like oh my god i'm transitioning to some place i don't know oh my god it's gonna
0: I don't know what it's going to be. So how can I know if I'll be safe?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, okay, let's look at the evidence of it. I'm safe. I trust. I'm, I listened to this fellow named Paul Selig, who has been, um, he's a channeler of uh, the guides. Um, and what they're providing is this beautiful wisdom, you know, much like the course of miracles and much like other channeled works of really high caliber where it's like, they're just giving the truth of the information. There's nothing there that's fear-based. It's like, I feel safe in that. And so I go, Whoa, whoa whoa, wait a second what about what what's going to happen to me? because we're we're talking transformation we're talking alchemy transformation not from the guru-y place but just being present to these moments where we're at choice that are transformative i'm doing a boot camp by the way in starting in september uh called inward bound boot camp for self-transformation and it's these little incremental places that we can't know the transformative us but we can go okay i feel safe today i feel safe doing this today i feel safe doing this today you know i can go take a shower in the afternoon is that can I do that is that okay I'm a professional woman you know am I supposed to do that is it okay showers are
0: for morning or evening only
1: Right. And or taking a nap. I take a nap almost every day. People go, Oh, how can you do that and be a professional? It's like, well, because I choose to take a nap because it's in my well being, right? So we it's begin. like you're
0: being self led and guided by your own what feels right next.
1: That's right. The intuition. And uh, one of the big practices for me was to go from, you know, here's the structure. Here's what you're supposed to do. Here's, you got to be productive. You've got to be, if you're not being productive, you should feel guilty, basically. And then uh, I was going through this, uh, Spiritual immersion, immersion process, and what I what's sometimes related to as a dark night of the soul. I I was out taking a nap on outside and I said, "Okay, you're not going to get out off. You're not going to get off this couch until you are inspired to get off the couch. Inspiration is what's going to get you off this couch." And this part of me went, "Oh, but who are you? You're not retired. You know, who are you to to rest on this couch during the day? You should be for you know all of that guilt that came up was amazing to watch. All these fear Strategies and demeaning and doubt, self-deprecating. I go. I'm disregarding, disregarding. Nope. I'm getting off the couch when I'm inspired. The intuitive sense that says, and it was just something very like. I think I'm going to go water the plants, and it was like, that was it. It was. It was moving from inspiration, not from fear or the need to be right. It was inspiration. That was really helpful in training myself to notice all the fear-based practices to to maintain that panicky level and go. Nope we're going to operate just from inspiration and so much spiritual teaching course in miracles is all about that and others but that in particular it's like learning to live in light and learning to live in love and learning to live in self-appreciation versus self-deprecation so these are all the things that we have to train ourselves because like you said it's so easy just to go to self-deprecation look at what you're doing you're stupid you're whatever it is that you're saying It's supposed to stop how can i acknowledge myself for what i do well how do i acknowledge myself for or the fact that I brush my teeth every day or I put my put my underwear on the right way those little things that we take for granted it's like are you kidding me I mean that's how I feel now it's like are you kidding me we take that for granted as opposed to wow I actually uh here's one little story I know we're running over but um uh, many like when I was in my 30s I when I lived in Nova Scotia I was traveling to Toronto and I stopped at a gas station gonna go to the bathroom and I when I went to, to go into the bathroom there was this guy sitting on the curb with his brown paper bag and alcohol and his eyes were all glassy and And I looked at him and I went, Hey, how's it going? Just why not? And he goes, are those your teeth? Are those your real teeth? And I went, yeah. And he said, wow, where I come from in Newfoundland, nobody has their teeth at your age. And I went, wow, that's really interesting. And then I went in and when I came out, he was gone, but I went, Wow, that's something I take for granted. And that changed my whole reality to be like, that was the first moment I started to understand gratitude. I went, man, I'm grateful for my teeth, you know, and I wrote a piece, a blog. It's on my website. I'm grateful for my teeth because that was the beginning of a different realization, a different relationship with myself. They go, what else can I be grateful for? Wow, I can talk. Wow. I put my underwear on this, on the right direction. You know, I put my left shoe on the left foot. Wow. I'm grateful. Right.
0: Yeah. So really being present to what's really happening, you know, and like appreciating the body that it let you get up that day and that's that you right. can walk and that's right. able to brush your teeth and keep your teeth in your mouth, hopefully.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And make choices that get you from here to there. All of those little things that we take for granted, we go, some people don't have that capacity and it's not to make you feel guilty, but it's like, wow, you know, that's pretty amazing that, that we can do that. <laughs> when we figure out what it takes to move your finger and all of the elements that makes it on all, all different capacities, like, wow, that's a miracle.
0: Yeah. I get what you're saying there. Yeah. So It is, since we're coming to the end of our time, there is a question I wanted to ask you about. You mentioned the inward bound boot camp. Can you, since that's coming up in September, maybe some people who are listening, this will be out by August. So they, you know, they may want to sign up if there's still space how what would people find in that experience what's that about
1: so it's it's going to be the basics of transformation we think yeah, i have i have a magic wand because on on, le- on one level i'm a, a fairy godmother right? <laughs> And so most people think if I wave my magic wand, that they will have exactly what they want right now. Well, the truth is, is my magic wand empowers people to empower themselves to create the reality they want. And we think that, again, that that, that that paradigm shift, that alchemical moment is a bada bing, bada boom, and we got it. But the fact is, is that we actually have to learn how to be, like transformation isn't the, you know, a caterpillar, now it's a butterfly. The caterpillar had to walk and then it had to, you know, make a cocoon and then it had to be in the cocoon and metamorphosize and become mush and then become it's like this whole process. And yeah. so the intention of this it's the YouTube and it's free. so and it's 20 videos. So the intention is to say here's the increments, the elements of transformation. And, and walking everyone through that one little step at a time every day then gives people like, oh, here's the training. I have to train myself to do this. And then the next day, this is what I have to train myself in. And it's the training of noticing and, and watching and observing. And and that's the foundation of any change. We Change is just, okay, I'm going to wear a different today. I put this shirt on as opposed to another shirt just because we're together. It's like I changed my shirt. Right? <laughs> Not transformation, but to transform, we have to be aware of and make choices from a higher sense of well-being and so this is really the elements of that so i I, i'm very clear in the introduction that you may not experience transformation you know some alchemical element but you will get the foundations of what what are the processes by which everything everything and everything goes everyone goes through to bring about that transformation and so that's what this is about and it's really i think it's fun and it's easy and it's easy and in a sense that I'm pretty casual in my conversation and don't make it if it's serious people you know why bother cuz life is too serious but playful and engaging hopefully and and connecting people to that ability to notice and much like what you're talking about earlier again is we can look around and go oh it's a cloudy day oh it's really hot outside oh it's really humid oh it's buggy it's we look at the negative as opposed to going okay what's what else can we notice here that's positive where can we acknowledge like wow I'm really I'm actually glad I like cloudy days. So it's like, oh, glad, you know, it's cloudy or seeing birds that I haven't seen before or recognizing a little heartstone on the road. Like where can we shift our orientation so that we become aware of the expansiveness of the potential of the expansiveness, not just the, but noticing the, the potential and we don't notice those things. And so we don't see them and then we go, oh, nothing's changing. So part of it is bringing about the awareness of what needs to shift what needs to shift so that I can actually create a different reality.
0: Yeah. That's that's wonderful. Thank you so much and thank you for explaining that. Like I'm just thinking about the negativity bias thing. Like we always see what's missing or what's not how we want it to be. And that goes together with that trauma and preparing for danger and always things are too quiet. This can't be right. Something's going to go wrong. Or I know something is wrong. I'm just not seeing it. Where's the danger? I got to find it.
1: That's right. The vigilance. vigilance. Yes. Even though I had my master's in marriage and family therapy, I got a master's in social work when I was in Nova Scotia because it's like, nobody knows this. So I have no credibility. And if I want a job, I got to get a social work degree because they'll know what that is. So one of the things I had to do was, you know, you do internships kind of stuff. And so I went and visited this woman who was clinically depressed. And I said, so, you know, tell me about that. And she goes, well, what's the point of getting happy? Because I'll just get depressed again. Like, wow, that's interesting. So what's the point of creating a positive outlook if you believe that it's just going to revert to a, a negative outcome again? And it's like, a, it makes total sense because that's the pattern. That's what you know. And can it be different? That's, you know, and for me personally, I had to ask myself those really tough questions. So I'm not just theoretically or standing on my podium saying, oh, listen to me, I've got the answers. It's like, I'll tell you my experience. It's hard. It sucks, you know, to go, I have to, look at what I want and say there's other people that have created that if they can do that there's no reason for me not to create it for myself absolutely no reason why I can't do it myself and now I have to go about creating it for myself right noticing oh there's that thought that says I can't there's that thought that says nobody wants what I have to offer there's that thought that you know and keep looking at those and going oh there's another there's another one and untethering myself from those thoughts little by little you know with the help of thinking partners and therapists or energy healers or whoever it is that can help me untether myself from that pattern. So Mm. all I'm saying is, here's what I did. Here's what I do with my clients and my trainees. It seems to work. I know other things work for other people. This is what works for me. And so this is what I teach.
0: Well, it's wonderful. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to come. Between all the other things you're doing to come be my guest on Therapy Chat today.
1: I'm honored really, truly to be here with you.
0: So will you just take one more second to tell people where they can find everything you are offering? Because you have so many different things, but are they under one umbrella somewhere?
1: Yeah, if you, so number one, the easiest thing is to, to just Google Dr. Rosie Kuhn, K-U-H-N, or my website is theparadigmshifts.com. My company is the Paradigm Shifts Coaching Group so the paradigm shifts s.com is where you're going to find me but if you, if you don't it's sometimes the paradigm shifts is kind of hard to even for me to spell it it's a lot so if you google dr rosie Kuhn, you're going to most likely end up there or at the youtube channel
0: thank you so much and i i did look at your website and it seems like there is a ton of information there and and really a lot of writing from the heart and um, i'm grateful for everything you're putting out there and Just thank you again for being my guest today. You're
1: welcome. My pleasure.
0: Hey therapists, do you feel stuck working with clients who can't access their emotions or name their inner experience? Do you find it difficult to work with people who are disconnected from their own emotions and they may be disconnected within the therapeutic relationship as well? Learn a comprehensive approach to conceptualize your client's concerns. Sensory motor psychotherapy uniquely includes the body in therapy as both the source of information and target for intervention because words are not enough. We all know, that talk therapy is limited. You've heard it discussed on this podcast multiple, multiple, multiple times. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you also know that I am a huge fan of sensory motor psychotherapy. I've completed levels one and two and plan to pursue the certification level, level three. And the reason why I love it so much is because I've experienced shifts within myself through the experiential training process, and huge shifts in my work with clients through the training that I've received with Sensory Motor Psychotherapy Institute. I highly recommend that you check out their website, sensorymotor.org, to learn about their trainings. In fact, they have trainings coming up this summer and to view their webinars, learn more about what sensory motor psychotherapy is. It's a beautiful, powerful method that I can't recommend highly enough. So check them out at sensorymotor.org. Hey everyone, it's me, Laura Reagan. Just wanted to make sure that you know about what I've got going on this summer. I don't think I've really talked about it much here, which is silly, but in case you didn't hear, I did start a second podcast called Trauma Chat, which is really for anyone who wants to understand what trauma is and how it shows up in our lives. As you've heard me say, if you've listened to this show, I've mentioned a million times that people tend to think that trauma is something that happens to someone else, something horrific and unthinkable, unspeakable. And that is true. Trauma is that but it's also experiences that are very commonly shared among many of us, most of us. On Trauma Chat, I break down what trauma is in hopefully understandable language that's not stigmatizing. I know I couldn't have possibly captured every thought there is about trauma and every aspect of trauma and how it shows up, but I hope That trauma chat will be helpful to people who really don't understand what trauma is and maybe wondering do I have trauma you know or wanting to better understand what someone they care about is going through and most importantly how to get help If you have experienced trauma, what to look for, how to describe your experiences or how to find the words that that name what you've been through so that you can then connect with whatever type of resource support, whether it's therapy or a podcast that you'd like to listen to to learn more about it or an article, another website. This is my hope in creating trauma chat. And the second part of that is the new trauma therapist network community that I'm creating. It's unbelievable to say this because I've been laboring behind the scenes to bring this to you for a long time. Starting in around 2018 is when I first had the idea and then the process of getting from there to here has been slow and with many twists and turns, but I'm creating a community for people who have experienced trauma to find help, for trauma therapists to find other trauma therapists to network with and refer to and gather and collaborate and share ideas and hopefully come together in person in in gatherings that I don't know if they'll be able to happen in 2021, but maybe by 2022. We can have in-person gatherings of trauma therapists to provide support to one another and combat the isolation of trauma work. Even if you work in a large agency or group practice, trauma work is so isolating. It's just part of the nature of it, and connecting with other people who get it is so valuable. The participants in my trauma therapist consult groups share how useful they find them to be, because we're in our offices doing our work and then we go home and it can be really hard to receive the same kind of support that you give to your clients. So I hope that Trauma Therapist Network will be a useful resource for you, whether you are someone who's trying to find more information about trauma or if you are a trauma therapist yourself. To learn more, please go to traumatherapistnetwork.com. The website is not live yet as of June 28th when I'm recording this, but it will be live by August 1st if all goes well. And hopefully there may be even a soft launch before that. A beta version. So please go to traumatherapistnetwork.com where you can find a free download and sign up to be notified as soon as it officially goes live. Whether you are a therapist or just someone who wants to learn more about trauma, there's a download there for you, different ones for each group. And I hope that this resource that I've really created from the heart will bring healing to more people. I really want people who have experienced trauma to be able to find the right kind of support, and that's why I created the Trauma Therapist Network. I hope you will join me there. Like I said, you can get more information by going to www.traumatherapistnetwork.com where you can sign up to be notified as soon as the official website goes live, which will be in August of 2021. If you're hearing this after August 2021, go there and hopefully you will find the site and you'll see everything that it has to offer. I cannot wait. This is such a labor of love, something that I've really poured my heart into and I'm just so excited for you to see it. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please
1: visit therapychatpodcast.com.
0: Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today.